I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 16, we talk about clarity in lyric writing, and we talk with Naomi Dable about clear and effective visual design. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. Drew, how are things going for you? Pretty good. Just trying to start getting ready for a few things we got going on this summer, like the, the Hearts and Hands workshop and getting all the details nailed down for that. And also songwriting weekend we've got coming up again this year. So just trying to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row for those things. How you yeah, been doing? Pretty well. Got the big push for Easter right now, making sure everything's going to be great in the Holy Week services. So uh, it's a lot of work, but it's rewarding, I'll tell you that much. Definitely. So this week we talked to Naomi Dable again about visual design and how to make sure it's as clear and effective as possible. And that got me thinking, I don't do visual design, but I do write songs. Tim, you write songs. What are some thoughts that go through your head with regards to clarity as you're writing lyrics? Yeah, that's actually a really good good question because you want to make sure that the message of your song is actually the message that was intended. And I think one of the best ways to do that is after you you write something, step away from it for a little while and come back to it and just read it again and see if it made sense, if it, if it has the same impact that you originally wanted it to. And then if you think yes... I would send it off to somebody, a trusted friend or, you know, advisor or mentor, mentee, whatever, to say like, hey, what is this, you know, what does this song seem like it means to you? And if they can get it right off, I'd prefer that it be clear. I like to have my creative design in there too. I mean, I don't want to just say like, if you want it to be Jesus loves me, just say like, Jesus loves me. Like, no, there's other ways of saying that exact thing that haven't been said before, but I still want people to be able to understand the meaning behind it. I'm not sure if you have similar similar ideas. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, a struggle that I personally have quite a bit is I like to be as clear and direct with my communication as possible, but when it comes to songwriting, there's there's that poetic element to it as well and just like like you said, if you want to say Jesus loves me, you can just say Jesus loves me, but that's not very poetic. That doesn't you know, if people like to talk about like the gospel as like a diamond that has so many different facets to it, and you want to be f- trying to find a new facet, a new way of looking at it, it's still the same diamond, but just a new way of seeing it so that it it seems fresh to the people who have already heard that message thousands of times. Yeah, I think clarity is really important. And of course, uh, clarity in, in lyrics, clarity in songs is similar but different to clarity in visual art, too. And it's really a privilege to talk to someone once, but to have them back on the podcast again is pretty awesome. So let's get to our interview again with Naomi Dable and hear her thoughts on clarity in design. Today, we're privileged to welcome back Naomi Dable to the podcast. Naomi, great to have you again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. For those listening, could you tell a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Yeah, um, I'm Naomi Dable. I'm a hand letterer and graphic designer and the owner of Naomi Paper Company, which is my business, which features art prints, greeting cards, small gifts, and things like that, that all feature my hand lettering and illustrations. And underneath that umbrella of Naomi Paper Company, there's I kind of have a number of facets to the business. 
So there's the products that I sell. There's also digital resources for churches like sermon series art and promotional graphics that are usually based off of the contract work that I do for other churches and ministries. So I'm a member at Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, and I've been doing work for them for a few years now. And then I also do some work for Divine Savior down in Florida. Man, after talking to you last time, one thing that came up uh, very often in our discussions was your work with visual design in churches. Um, and that you've mentioned how you're very passionate about it being very clear and very meaningful. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess one of the reasons that I first started lettering scripture was that I felt like, at least in my own sphere, I had not yet seen good design in the church in that realm. I feel like I couldn't find like something that was actually meaningful and beautiful and not outdated to hang in my home, which is why I initially started creating art prints and things like that. And one of the reasons I started designing for Victory was that I just felt like, you know, the message that we're sharing is the most important message anyone will ever share. And comes from the Bible, which is absolutely beautiful inherently. And so it just seemed natural that anything we make coming from that should be, should represent that beauty and should represent God for someone who is relevant, who is not outdated or anything like that, uh, whose word truly is beautiful and true. I know one of the big components of, of visual art is utilizing space well. So when you come to, to putting down words or using graphics or things like that, how do you determine how much content is going to be on one specific piece of art? Uh, what do you mean by piece of art? Sorry. Well, whether it's, that's okay, like one one graphic is like one one piece of, like a sermon, oh, how do I say this, like a sermon logo, or like a sermon series logo, or with, if you're doing a Bible verse, like how do you determine how how long the verse should be before it maybe becomes cluttered, or if it seems like it's, you know, not a good use, of, like leaving what have mm-hmm. I heard before? Like using blank space as a as an option. Like it's okay to intentionally leave a, a part of something to not have, you know, a design on it or words. Yeah, good question. I feel like it it ultimately comes down to I think whatever is necessary, like in a sermon series art or just any design. I feel like especially when you're designing for the church or something biblical. Kind of my rule of thumb is that if you can't explain why you designed it in that way, then it probably needs to be revisited. Because it can be easy to make something that just looks good and is trendy, but in the church it really does need to add meaning and value. So if there isn't really a reason for me to have this extra element in there, then it's probably better to take it out. Otherwise it kind of muddies up the meaning that you have there. So that's kind of my general rule of thumb is each aspect should have a reason for being there. It should add something to the design. In conversations I've had with other people at, we'll say, smaller or newer churches that may not have someone with your gifts, um, but still desires to to do graphic design in a way that is is clear and meaningful, are there any sort of core principles or best practices that you could share about how if you're just kind of starting this from the ground up what do you want to be making sure you're taking into account yeah absolutely so i think step one even maybe before you're adding meaning into something is just making sure that it's clear making sure that whatever you're putting out there is not confusing and not representing god in a way that he is not again kind of like 
outdated or something looks really rushed and like someone didn't spend much time on it that kind of makes it look like our God or this church doesn't spend much time on the things that they do. Um, they don't put much care into this. So I think step one is really making sure you are putting at least time into what you're making and that's as clear as it can be. So probably not adding clip art and things like that. Um, <laughs> finding <laughs> images that really make it clear what you're talking about. And using fonts, I would say, number one, avoid Comic Sans and Papyrus <laughs> yes. fonts that you should not use. If you stay away from those, you're probably in pretty good shape overall. And not using too many fonts, um, just stick to one or two. I think these are the best ways to at least make what you have clear, even if it's not like filled with a ton of meaning. But then after that, again, yeah, just making sure everything that you have there is adding something to the meaning or the communication of the piece that isn't there just to look good or just to fill up space. And if you're just starting out and you don't have like your own designer or something like that, I'd say plenty of churches are in that position, but there are lots of resources out there that are either free or very affordable. One, I guess, I don't know, there's a lot. Sunday Social is one company that does, they do like a very affordable subscription service to different social media graphics. I've um, done some work for them. So some of their graphics I've designed on my page, I have like sermon series art and then like promotional graphics for Christmas and Easter, things that are just very affordable that you can utilize and kind of customize for your church as well. So there's definitely resources out there that are well-made that you can utilize, even if you don't have your own designer. On a yeah, like slightly related note, are you accepting new clients as far as churches go? Uh, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. If there are any churches out there listening, how can they get into contact with you specifically about that sort of work? Yeah, so they can go to my website and I have a contact form there if they'd like to let me know if there's a certain sermon series or they need a new logo. I offer discounted rates for churches and ministries for logos and bigger projects like that. I like what you said about making sure that each part of your design has a purpose. Because uh, a lot of people think that you've, you know, just need to fill space or use it because there's a blank space there. But definitely making sure that every piece you have, if you can explain why it's in there, I think that's a really valuable part of design. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, do you find that designing for churches and or things that are being used in churches, is there any sort of difference between that and other work? Or is there any considerations you take that you wouldn't otherwise? I do think it's different. I I feel like it holds, there's a higher responsibility when you're designing for the church rather than when you're designing for a company that's just trying to sell something, I guess, which is like the main area that design is used for, you know, packaging or advertisements and things like that. So while you're using the same skill set and tools, I think there is a different responsibility when you are designing for the church. I know you guys have talked about this. I think it was on the episode about using video in churches that some people feel like, oh, it's going to be a distraction. And I mean, I've definitely been to churches where it is a distraction, I think, because they are using it in a way that just matches the way I guess that the rest of the world uses design, where it's just really about flash and just about grabbing your attention, which is what I feel like in general most of design is, but in the church, what 
we don't just want to grab someone's attention. We want it to be memorable as well. And so I think when you create something that is meaningful, that naturally grabs people's attention and is memorable at the same time. Could you maybe give an example from your own work of like, not to just brag about yourself, but something that you're (laughs) particularly proud of that kind of illustrates that? I have this one piece and it's kind of funny. It's called your presence print i saw it as an art print it's from psalm 139 it says where can i flee from your presence and when uh, i have this at like at an art show and people are just walking by and they don't see that it's a psalm old men like to nudge their wives and say haha where can i flee from your presence (laughs) (laughs) but then the people that do realize it's a psalm it's like one of my best-selling pieces so it has a ship at the top and then with like raging waters and underneath it is the lettering that says, where can I flee from your presence? And I love that whole Psalm, Psalm 139, but I loved kind of the meaning of like this, the Psalm and this image kind of made me think of the story of Jonah, like being deep beneath the sea, but even there, God is there. And so that's just been a fun print where like some people don't get it. They laugh at it and it can almost be discouraging, but then the people that do get it, um, like that's the one that they want to buy. That's the one they hang up and starts conversations in their homes because of the meaning. Can you talk a little bit about your use of color when it comes to capturing attention and drawing the eye to the focus of the design? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess it always kind of, again, depends on the content of it. Like we once had a series on generosity and we really wanted it, to not be just like, I don't know, something that kind of guilts you into giving, really wanted it to be conveying joy and the joy of giving. And so I use a lot of bright colors in that sense. And saying when we were kind of coming up with the branding of our church, we kind of thought about like, what are the words that we really want to describe our church? And I think you could use this in any kind of design, like what are the words that we want that really describe the meaning of whatever this is? And then what kind of colors or at least family of colors go in that? It's like our church, we wanted vibrant, welcoming, and refreshing. So we wanted like bright and bold colors. And then in other series, when we're really trying to convey something, or in art prints, if I'm trying to convey something a little heavier or more serious, I'll you know use colors that are maybe a little bit darker, a little more muted, and things like that. So it's really thinking about, I guess, what is the overall message that you want to convey? Because color is one of the first things that your eye sees when you first see an image before you even read the words, you just see the color and that kind of gives you the general mood and feeling of what that design is about. So you really want to make sure that there's um, meaning behind the colors as well. You talked a little about this already, but especially for those who are, are new at the whole design thing, are there certain things that you absolutely should avoid? (laughs) Good question. I guess, especially in terms of lettering, you want to make sure that you can read it. Like I can make something that that may look really cool at first and then you actually like can't really tell what that word is anymore. And everything, you definitely want to get someone else's feedback. Um, my husband is a good person that I bounce things off of. Like I won't tell him what the thing says and I'll be like, can you read this word? I want to make sure I'm not crazy and thinking it looks like something that it doesn't. Or like, can you look at this and tell me what you think it is to make sure that I'm on the right track and not just being so in my head and in my own zone that I'm not thinking about what others see. Getting feedback and making things clear and legible is really big. Um, And the things I said earlier about using, you know, hopefully good font choices overall, 
even if your church maybe doesn't have what we call like a brand where you maybe have like set colors and fonts yet, it's a nice rule of thumb to try to keep most of the your maybe printed pieces in the same font or two fonts. Um, that helps create some recognizability every time they see some someone sees something from you that they know it's connected to your church. Um, same with colors as well. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, obviously, having a sounding board, having somebody else that can look at something and make sure that it says what you want it to say or that they can mm-hmm. tell what the object's supposed to be. I think yeah. a lot of us a lot of us that deal with art in different forms like to think that, well, if I can see it, that's what it is. But especially if your goal is clarity and mm-hmm. your use is beyond personal, it's a good idea to make sure that the the meaning that you're trying to get across actually does. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a specific branding for a church and how it can help point people in the right direction. If I'm correct, you guys recently did a, a logo redesign for Victory of the Lamb. What went into your process and thinking? You mentioned colors, but as far as the logo itself goes, what did you want to really convey through that? Yeah, so we did the rebranding a little over a year ago, I think it was. Yeah, going into it, we were really thinking about, like, yeah, what is what do we want to be known for as a church or as our church community? Um, like, what is something that as soon as someone walks in the door, we kind of want them to get the impression of um, about the people there? So really thinking about, I guess, the people in the community at our church and who they were. And then also thinking about someone who had never seen our church before or heard of it or seen the logo, really going into like what would be the first thing that they would think when they see it as well. And so for the imagery itself, we did want to make sure that so our old logo was very, I guess, horizontal. It could not fit into a square or circle well at all, and it couldn't really be broken apart from each other. You couldn't have the symbol without the words, which is something that, I guess, especially in today with Facebook and Instagram, like you really need your logo to fit nicely inside of a circle and to be utilized easily. And so that was something that we knew we wanted going into it for like functionality sake. And then we, again, we wanted like there to be meaning inside the logo itself. So I'm going to like pull it up as I talk about it. <laughs> It'll help me talk about it. So looking at our old logo, there still were like aspects that we liked about it. We liked that there's, there's this aspect of kind of a sun rising that also showed a tomb opening. And so we liked that idea and wanted to incorporate it into the new one, but just in like more modern and clear approach. So again, our old one, it wasn't maybe very clear. So that was one of the big things was making the meaning clear and cleaning up the logo overall. No, I, what I appreciate about the logo specifically is if you if you just see the circle part of it without the words, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that it's for a church. I mean, you have the cross, and if nothing, if you see nothing else besides the cross, the more you look at it, the more you get to know Christianity. You'll see the sun rising, and definitely which is the open tomb, which is the whole reason behind mm-hmm. that victory. Yeah. So I think yeah, conveying meaning is is good, but also being practical, like you said mm-hmm. for for social media. Yeah, and so especially the name of our church, Victory of the Lamb. It's not very common and outside of someone who has a background in the church it may sound very confusing like what is this lamb this doesn't make any sense um like no one would you maybe wouldn't know that that's associated with a church at all so that was kind of why we wanted to make sure that we did have a cross incorporated in our logo but we didn't want our logo to 
just be a cross. We wanted there to have some more meaning in there too. Thanks for coming on again with us, Naomi. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And be sure to check Naomi out on her website, naomipaperco.com. And you can also check her out on Facebook and Instagram as well. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. If you've got questions or people you'd like us to talk to, please, please reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast.gmail.com. And thank you for those of you who have already done so. We've learned about a lot of cool creatives that we didn't know about before. You can also find us on social media platforms at Wells Creatives. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. At that page, you can get access to uncut episodes and bonus features and join our community there. Thank you all for your support. We'll see you next time.